Star Wars 7x7 episode 2978. It's an Andor Monday, and because I had the opportunity to see Rogue One in IMAX on the re-release over the weekend, I thought, you know what, now's as good a time as any to start talking about Rogue One and what it tells us about Cassie and Andor and how it might reflect on the events of the Andor series. And we're going to do this all week long because, hey, it's a big movie, so we're going to talk about the first half hour of Rogue One today. Punch it. Hey, Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So before we get into Rogue One, I just want to quickly say thank you again for all your retweets and wonderful comments about the questions I've been proposing for Mark Hamill to hopefully get him to say yes to an interview that I can share on my 3,000th episode of the podcast. And I've got the fourth question out there, too. All of them are linked to the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com and in in the show notes for this and if you continue to like and retweet and share I would really appreciate it I would love to bring this conversation to you so I've broken down this first 30 minutes of the film into essentially nine scenes, nine combinations of scenes, if you will. There's the opening and then Jin waking up in prison. Now, nothing jumps out at me as especially relevant to Andor in the opening, but the second scene, the Ring of Kafrain scene, yeah, that definitely <laughs> weighs in on the Andor series and on Cassian's character in particular and how he's gotten to the point where he's willing to kill an informant just to make sure that he escapes. And we learn from this scene that Cassian has an informant who is embedded with Sagarera's partisans. I mean, Tivik is saying that he's there with Saw's people and they're going to leave without him if he doesn't get there. And that opens the door to a question of whether Cassian and Saw have ever met. And if so, there's a good chance we're going to see that happen in the Andor series. And we're going to circle back to that in just a moment when we talk about the Yavin briefing scene. Now, another thing I want to flag is how Tivik says that Saw's right, there are spies everywhere. And we know that Saw is really at a very deranged and detached from reality place by the time we meet him in Rogue One. So five years earlier, he's not going to be that far down the line, but there's a good chance that he's going to be a significant part of the way there, especially considering the Saw Gerrera that we see depicted in Beth Revis' novel Rebel Rising. If that's any indication, then yeah, he is definitely going to be suspicious and paranoid even as we meet him in the Andor series. Then we move on to the Yavin briefing, and that's where I'll circle back to Cassian's thing about needing somebody who can get them in the door to Saw without getting killed. The fact that that would just happen immediately suggests, number one, if Cassian's involved, maybe they have actually met and there's a history and it's a very bad one. Or number two, it relates to what Mon Mothma tells Jin in this meeting. And here's the line, paraphrase more or less, that Saw is an extremist, he's been fighting on on his own since his break with the rebellion and his militancy has caused the alliance a great many problems. So for all we know, Saw has his own vendetta against the alliance to restore the Republic and whatever it is that they did to him, either real or imagined, to create the break between his partisans and the alliance to restore the Republic. Not that it really matters in the eyes of the Empire because the Empire would just stomp both of them out with no worries about, oh, well at least the 
alliance you know, was worried about collateral damage and they tried not to harm civilians, like, yeah, we'll go a little bit easier on them. No, obviously the Empire's not going to do that. But Mon says that the mission is to find Galen Erso and return him to the Senate for testimony. That's an indicator, too, that she's still trying to work within the system. And we talked not too long ago about how, as we find Mon Mothma in the Andor series, that she is, as described by Genevieve O'Reilly, kind of like uh, a bird in a gilded cage. And she's trying to work within the system in this very you know, paternalistic, misogynistic, fascist system. And it's not going well. And yet, and yet, she has been trying to do this for a significant amount of time. But I guess <laughs> has been hedging her bets for a while as well and moonlighting in treason, as Alexander Freed puts it in the short story that we discussed on yesterday's podcast. But then, of course, Cassian gets different orders from Draven to kill Galen or so, and that does also make you wonder where the real power is in the Alliance to restore the Republic. And I think maybe we might have to explore that a little <laughs> more deeply in a future episode. But we're going to move on and talk about Tarkin and Krennic discussing the Death Star. And one particular scene I thought was notable, and it's also a Senate-related one, is that because of the delays that have happened with the Death Star project, and Tarkin puts them squarely on Krennic's shoulders, he says, you know, you've made time an ally of the Rebellion, and if they find out about this project because of your security slip, then countless systems will flock to the Rebellion. And Krennic's response is, once this thing is done, the Senate won't even be a problem at all. And that's, of course, interesting forward-looking into A New Hope, but it's also interesting backward-looking into Andor, because even at this time, which will be around you know, 14 years after the fall of the Republic, there is still a democratic facade in place, and the Empire is trying to work with that facade, even, is, even as they are crushing planets left and right. So there's definitely going to be tension between the Senate and the Empire, because the Empire and the Senate aren't necessarily the same thing, and perhaps that will allow senators to get away with like just a little bit more because them disappearing off the face of the galaxy would be a much higher profile event by comparison to you know the people that we're going to meet on the ground as it were. Then we get to Jin and Cassian and K2's arrival on Jeddah and they observe the Star Destroyer hanging over Jeddah City that it's there to protect the cargo shipments because Sagarera has been attacking them. That is interesting because you know Saw has his hideout on Jeddah and if he were really paranoid about security he would not be messing around on the planet where he has a base one would think but maybe his illnesses are at the point where it just doesn't matter anymore necessarily and so he's still going to be paranoid but he's going to make riskier decisions like attacking the cargo shipments. So I imagine we're probably going to see a more circumspect Saw Gerrera in the Andor series and he's not going to be carrying out attacks on Jeddah but also there's probably not going to be reason to either. I mean we don't know how long the Empire has been taking Kyber out of the the temple of the guardians of the, the temple of the Kyber where the guardians of the wills are protecting right we don't know how long that's been going on but I imagine that it probably hasn't been going on for all that long in other words I don't think we're gonna see that in the Andor series just yet there are all sorts of other places where they could be getting Kyber from and it's supposed to be super low profile so we're probably not gonna see it just yet then of course there's the horrifying Borgullet scene I think it'd be fun to see Borgullet in Andor that's all 
<laughs> to say about that even as scary as that was. Then we have Cassian and Jin in Jetta City roaming around and Cassian tells Jin that he had a contact within Saw's Rebels, but he's gone missing and his sister's gonna be looking for him and so he's gonna meet the sister at the temple. And I don't know what took me so long to put this together, but that's probably Tivik that he's talking about that has gone missing, who's actually the informant that he killed, and he's going to meet the sister to talk with her. I don't know if he's actually going to say, yeah, I killed Tivik. I kind of doubt that because that would kind of close off any access to Saw's Rebels that he has and also make him an even bigger target for Saw's Rebels than he might already be. But we don't get to see that conversation. Instead, we see Jin and Chirrut have a conversation. And as she walks away, he, you know, very mysteriously says, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. And of course, you know, we're all thinking of Death Stars with Kyber crystals in them. And how the heck would he have any idea to say something like that? But yeah, that's not necessarily and or reflective. But we do get them, you know, walking away, Jin and Cassian, and Jin notes how tense Cassian is, and he says we have to hurry, this whole town's gonna blow. Presumably he's found this out from Tivik's sister that uh yeah, I can't tell you much right now because we're about to stage an attack on a Kyber shipment you know, get back to me in a little while because we're kind of busy right now. So that right there is just about the 30 minute mark. It's like 30 minutes and 30 seconds into Rogue One. And so we're going to stop there and continue our look at Rogue One and how it might reflect on the things that we're going to see in Andor in tomorrow's episode. But for now, that is going to do it for today's episode. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.